0: This is a brand new episode of the World Staffing Podcast. The interview podcast brought to you by Candidate League, where we meet with entrepreneurs, successful business owners, and the greatest minds of the staffing industry. We are interested in what drives them, what inspires them. We want to know what their everyday work looks like and what keeps them up at night. We should all learn from them and at the same time, have a good time. And this is your host, Jan Jedlinski. Welcome to a brand new episode of the World Staffing Podcast. Today with a very special guest and friend that I highly admire. He's a very successful staffing agency owner and has recently ventured into a new and for me personally, very exciting business, which is EOR. And with his new company, MyBaseBay, he's now running that. I'm very pumped for this conversation. Welcome to the World Staffing Podcast, Caesar.
1: Thank you, Jan. I appreciate that. And by the way, the feeling is mutual, my friend. You know, I've been, we've been friends for a while and I've been watching you, what you've been doing. And I appreciate all your support and, and absolutely all the collaboration. I love chopping up with you about the industry.
0: Thanks, Caesar. I have a ton of questions for you today. But before we dive in, tell us a little bit of how you drifted into staffing, you know, how you started a staffing company and where you're today.
1: Oh, I'd love to talk about that. It's always fun. It actually, the only issue is that I'm going to date myself for you a little bit, though. So actually, um, <laughs> Before I got, you know, I'm officially now a staffing veteran. I've been in the business for 25 years. Before I got into recruiting and started with a global staffing organization, I was actually in the U.S. military with the Navy, the U.S. Navy. Did my tour there, learned a lot, learned a lot about discipline, learned a lot about working a ton of hours and, you know, ready for that next opportunity as when I got out the service. And when I first started, when I got out the service, I actually worked in sales. And a non-commissioned sales organization, and learn really quickly what it is to work on a, on a non-salary sales role. It was a great learning experience. And then I had an opportunity to actually run into a friend that wound up getting a job at one of the global staffing organizations, a multi-billion dollar organization, and basically referred me into the company. But it wasn't that easy because they actually interviewed me about eight different times. So they weren't 100% sure. And after that eighth time, I kind of figured it out, and they gave me a shot, and I never looked back. I'm absolutely, absolutely in love with this industry. It's all about helping people. It's all about the worker experience, and it's been an industry that's been really, really good to me. And it's also an industry is you're going to get out of it how much you put into it, how much you invest into it as well. So, I absolutely love the recruiting industry.
0: Awesome! That's, uh, so that's if a, you want me, that could take story. you to,
1: yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> no, like, I could take you. Yeah. To, uh, I could take you through some more. But that's how I got in. So you want me to take you a little bit through? Um... Yeah,
0: I would. Lo- I would actually love to learn. Like you know, you, when you started Prosource, you know how how did you you know got into the market with that company? What were the things back then when you started that sort of drove you? And then maybe you know, fast forward ten or fifteen years later, what do you see has changed in the market and where do you see the company today?
1: Absolutely, and you know, obviously, before I get tell you about the Prosource story, I think I need to let you know exactly my transition. After, as I got into the staffing industry with that large organization and moved up the ranks in a lot of the various leadership roles, in about 2004, I entered, I had the courage to finally enter into entrepreneurship and actually start my own firm with uh, two other partners. And from about 04 to yeah, we were rock stars, right? We could not make a mistake. Or actually, what the real truth was, we actually didn't realize how many mistakes we were making. Because then all of a sudden, 2008 and 2009 happened, and everything fell apart with the financial meltdown in the industry. What happened, it was a very, very difficult time for everybody in the US. And then I decided from there, I decided to leave and take all those tough lessons learned and start ProSource in 2010. Literally with no investment, not a dollar, a cell phone and a laptop. Actually, a borrowed laptop from my brother-in-law. And that's how I started ProSource. Now. The biggest thing I feel that helped me at ProSource was obviously all those tough lessons. I learned a lot. When you learn those tough lessons the hard way, you kind of see the challenges clearer. You see the punches coming and allows you to make a lot of different adjustments to be able to take on those challenges as they come. Because everyone knows, including yourself, that you know entrepreneurship and having a business, there's it's a challenge every single day. Right. So Mm -hmm. you have to be really flexible and have the ability to make adjustments to be able to succeed in entrepreneurship. One of the core reasons I would say ProSource has become, you know, extremely successful. It was the model that we 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 leveraged. We leveraged Mm -hmm. an ERL model from day one. That allowed me. So if you're starting a staffing company, that is one of the smartest moves to make because Mm -hmm. I didn't have any money, I didn't have any credit. But I had a lot of clients and I had all this knowledge and I had a lot of inventory. The one thing I can control was I had great relationships and I had customers that I can be able to, you know, they had positions for me to fill. But mm-hmm. what I needed was the infrastructure, the staffing infrastructure and the financial infrastructure to support that business. A lot of people may not understand in the staffing industry, it takes a great deal of financial Support to be able to mm-hmm. do business in this industry, especially from a contingent perspective, and you know that kicked off right away. So within 30 days, I was actually making money, and in six months, it was actually wound up being a very lucrative, lucrative business for myself. We kind of called ourselves, we kind of termed or coined ourselves, we were big billers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: By the time of you know by myself doing basically full desk and serving my clients and really didn't miss a beat. And then by the mm. end of the year, we were really looking forward to, you know, going into the following year to 2011 with actually hiring our first employee and taking it to the next level. And then, you know, to skip a few years, we had tremendous growth. I mean, ProSource is now a $25 million company. We still leverage the, the advantages that an ER model provides, a staffing organization.
0: I find this extremely interesting because you know my my thoughts on the future of the industry, of the staffing and recruiting industry, looking, you know, after COVID. I always think that the next generation of staffing and recruiting companies will only actually have, you know, a laptop, be in their living room, leverage a couple of very, very good SaaS tools and their network and an EOR model to suddenly run a very large and international business, basically with a very nimble and small team. So it seems like you've already cracked mm-hmm. that model. You know, a decade ago, and uh, I find this extremely interesting. And I don't think a lot of staffing companies actually had the same approach like you have. So, like when you when you basically look at advising new founders, new staffing founders in that space, you would say you know start with an EOR model from day one, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I I love those conversations because I, I walked in those shoes. I know exactly you know the challenges they're about to face and you know to select that type of model and leverage that type of model like to your point it's very it's an, it's a nimble model so it allows you to focus on what you do best which is continue to build business build your book of business and deliver on the positions that you have and mm-hmm. and if you fast forward to today i mean the biggest challenge everybody has is finding talent you need every second any second and any financial resource today should be going into competing to find the talent for your clients. The last thing what we need to get caught up doing is actually spending a lot of time and money on back office operations. And it's, it, it takes you off the focus off the ball on what you're supposed to be doing because it's already difficult to find talent today.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the future of the industry. I truly believe that. I've seen it firsthand when we started in 2016 running a small sort of modern staffing company in Austria. The first thing we've done is obviously build a brand, attract candidates, attract clients. And at some point, when the hiring decision was made, we actually thought, hey, you know, why should we now, you know, handle all the paperwork and the finances? And we found another staffing company that actually took that over from us, you know, essentially, you know, leveraging oh. the the EOR model, right? So that was something that we realized mm. very, very early on. And I found this extremely Interesting, and I was wondering why is you know not every staffing or recruiting company doing the same thing? And it seems like now the the market for the EOR is is ripe for disruption. I feel like you know the technology was not there yet, the international structure was not there yet, but it's getting better and better. And I feel like it's a nice segue to talk a little bit about my base base as you, you know firsthand experience the problems and pain points, and now founded a company that is actually helping staffing and recruiting companies leverage the EOR model in a much more modern and 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 better way than than before, right?
1: Absolutely. That that is a great point. You know, everything that we learned from, let's say, 2010 to about 2019, when we started thinking about developing this new breed of an EOR model. Because one thing that I've learned being a customer of that EOR model is that you learn where the gaps were, right? Mm-hmm. And we wanted to design a platform with a team of practitioners that helped us start my base pay. From every different lens from actually the from the contingent worker lens to the staffing owner lens to the actually corporate ta buyer lens and we came up with a solution to address all areas and you know from our proper distribution model to our benefits and PTO everything we do to make sure that the worker experience is first we're trying to you know for whether you are a staffing agency, whether you're a corporate TA executive looking to hire consultants directly, our job is to make sure that we help make the employer value proposition stronger for the the organizations that we support.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you have listeners now thinking about what other EORs are out there? How can I get started? You know, maybe they have met another EOR at a conference or, you know, started those conversations mm. in the past. What would you say is the main advantage or the main differentiation of the traditional EOR to my base pay?
1: I would say definitely do your homework. And I would say our biggest advantages are, you know, we lead with tech. You know, obviously, our technology is, is far superior in today's, it's more of a modern technology platform. Mm -hmm. It's AI enabled, it's a ton of automation, it's automated classification. There's so many different things that just help the hiring process faster. Mm -hmm. You need to have a a model and a platform in place to be able to address the hiring needs, especially the the high volume and hiring needs at the same time with keeping, making sure that your compliance is in check as well. Because mm-hmm. in this business, it's it's great. And the contingent, if you're in the contingent staffing business, there's no better opportunity right now to be in this business. Like everybody's growing, everybody's hiring. The US is predicted to be, you know, over 50% of the workforce will be contingent.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: presents an opportunity, but also has a ton of risk to consider. So mm-hmm. when, you know, partnering with you a UR, you're able to basically outsource that employment liability at the same time. So it kind of checks a lot of boxes for your organization. And again, it puts you in that position to be successful and focus on filling the position for your clients. That's what it should be right now.
0: Yeah, and I, I envision this this entire workflow. As I mentioned, automations super important. You've seen them growing every day with the acquisition of Herefish and Bullhorn, and you know I always get updates on on LinkedIn from that teams like how many automations have been run, and I think it's you know, it goes into the hundreds of millions so far, and I think that's you know going to grow exponentially now, and. It, I feel like you know the the next generation staffing company will have a very automated ads. has a great brand and has a great candidate and client experience, but will then have an you know basically a press of a button if they want to employ a candidate anywhere in the world. Yes. Pretty much automated with a platform like MyBasePay directly integrated into their workflow. Right, so it becomes now suddenly this very lightweight way to run a staffing firm and be able to really focus yes. on the things that that matter.
1: Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. I mean, the, you know, the staffing industry in general is is making tons of progress and it continues to go digital with integration, very slick, very lightweight platforms to be able to help you run your business. Now, the other beauty about, you know, with a platform like this is everything that comes along with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to have cool technology, but from a service perspective and taking care of the workers, which is the lifeblood for any staff organization, is mm-hmm. number one. Even in my personal opinion, even higher, ranks higher than the technology. Making sure that you're able to give the workers the right type of benefits, you know, employee funded benefits, and also PTO availability, you know, PTO, are able to participate in PTO, which they traditionally do not.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually
0: very exciting. I think there's going to be a lot of patients on that front and, you know, touching base on technology and having the recruiter and the staffing company in between? You know, there's been a lot of talk over the last 18 months about the recruiter-less staffing model. What Mm -hmm. is your take on that? Do you think the recruiter is going away anytime soon?
1: No, I mean, I've been hearing that for years. You know, I've been hearing that for at least over a decade. But I feel like there's more opportunities than ever for recruiters. I think there's obviously there's a lot of different customers, you know, corporate buyers are looking for alternative sources to secure talent. There's, you know, the rise of all these talent platforms out there, marketplaces, you name it. Mm-hmm. But you're going to need recruiters. I feel like maybe the recruiter position would be somewhat altered, more niche-related.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and there's there's so many different as companies look for like different strategies that they bring in as far as direct sourcing, anything you know, payrolling, or those type of forms of recruiting services, there's services that come along, like help. The this. This service is going to be born to help those corporations adopt into those, those different avenues for alternative sourcing.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you think of the candidate sourcing side, you know, I've been talking to a few other people on other episodes that I've recorded now about the war for talent and what companies can do better to attract talent and retain talent. And everybody is talking about, you know, the, the, the skill shortage and, you know, is complaining that very little candidates apply to their jobs. What do you think can companies do better, specifically staff and companies, to have a better candidate and potentially even client experience than they have today?
1: Definitely leverage the, some of the technology out there to help you, you know, with building those relationships with this type of inventory. I feel like... There's a ton of automation available out there to help you stay connected mm-hmm. with a lot of the, with the candidates that you know the highly sorted out candidates that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, opportunity for a lot of recruiting companies, staffing organizations to you know kind of develop more niches. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to compete today, trying to be everything to everybody. It's very, very difficult. Even if you go down to if you're a medical staffing firm, like you can't there's, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of skill sets within the medical arena. Same thing in IT. I mean, it's hard to be everything to everybody in IT. So I think there's really, as we kind of coined the term around here, called, there's the there's, there's riches in the niches. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's a great opportunity for a company not only to dominate a few different skill areas, but also mm-hmm. can, because they can place them now with, the, with no geographic constraints where remote work, you can wind up taking that inventory and those niche. Related skill sets that that you can dominate, and you're an expert in, and you have a bigger marketplace now to be able to do business than before. Mm-hmm. So I feel like those are the opportunities that this business will will shortly, in in a very very near future, evolve to.
0: Super exciting, and that's where the UR comes in again. So I think that's really great. Maybe we can circle back a little bit and talk a little bit more about leadership. You know, as a successful. Staffing agency owner and founder of a new business. What keeps you up at night these days, as the leader and CEO of those companies? Is there anything in particular that you know has keeps you sleep sleepless nights these days, where you, you oh. know, wake up, you think like, "Hey, <laughs> wow, that's something that I yes. have to take care of," or something that you worry about?
1: Absolutely, I, I think there's there's always nights that you know some a little nights a little harder than others, but it's just about, I guess, experience and risk tolerance, right? So mm-hmm. like. I would say the pandemic obviously definitely made a lot of people sleep not sleep for, for quite a bit of time. It was a really quick pivot for a lot mm-hmm. of organizations, including myself. And just based on the experience that we had, that everything that we learned from 2008, 2009, which was even like a longer you know, trying time for others in the staffing industry, it helped us adapt and know what to do in those types of situations. And it's all about also, I think, how we we're able to mitigate there. It's just having a really strong team. A really Mm -hmm. strong team was everything, you know, people that can help adapt with you and focus on the positive and focus on, you know, stuff that they can control and not worry about stuff that they can't control.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, now that's from from a managerial perspective, but I would say from a market perspective, things that keep us at night right now are, you know, the talent shortage is real, right? Mm -hmm. That's absolutely, you know, kind of looking at different solutions, you know, where can we tap into other talent? Is something that we're constantly trying to look for at alternative sources. We're working every single angle to make sure that we find the right resources for our customers. Other challenges that I would say as well, even with the market condition the way it is, slow hiring process are fatal in our business. Because even mm-hmm. right now, to find the top talent today, it's like finding a great resource is like finding gold. You get mm-hmm. the right type of resource, we need our clients to hire faster. And, and mm-hmm. provide feedback faster. There's still some processes out there that, it, you know, interview pro- cycles are way too long. You know, mm-hmm. and today it's it's not a it's not a sales tactic. It's not. It is absolutely the truth. So the more that we can actually consult our clients on shortening the interview cycle, the better. The more success for them because you're in this war together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I would say another couple of areas. I would say along with the hiring process for me personally is unrealistic employer expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Remote, a lot of people still haven't realized that remote is a standard right now.
2: Mm -hmm. Remote
1: Mm -hmm. is a competitive advantage for organization. Remote provides access to a greater talent pool for organizations. If you're still thinking about having people on site, you're going to be at a disadvantage against other employers that are willing to hire the same type of talent that you're looking for on a remote basis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are big things that keep us at night. It's just trying to continue to educate clients on you know, putting our clients in the best position to win and bring in the, the data to help them make those decisions. So that's how we're trying to, trying to get... To, if we, we can help solve some of those problems, I think that'll help all, all of us sleep at night.
0: That's a good point. Actually, we were thinking of already for the next World Staffing Summit that is coming up in January 22 to bring in both sides of the table and have the client side and the staffing agency side sort of educate each other a little bit. And, you know, the viewpoints that you just mentioned, I think are very real, right? So educating clients a little bit on the speed it's needed to actually make the right hiring decisions faster and then, you know, find the right talent, but also on the needs that the talent has, right? You mentioned remote work, you're talking to candidates every day, right? You know, as you mentioned, I think it's going to be a standard, right? So like, our company remote from I think, 2016. We we did have an office uh, for a year or so, but then you know went fully remote. So for us, it was not a big shock. But I think there is still a lot of companies that that don't really embrace the remote work. But I think it's here to stay. So are you guys currently working remotely at uh, my base pay?
1: Absolutely, our entire firm. Now the news at at Prosource, uh, the agency that you know I own. We actually been remote way before the pandemic. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. always we have a lot of senior people, and we've always had that culture. So it wasn't an adjustment, but more mm-hmm. an advantage for us. So yeah. that helps. And in my base pay, absolutely. I mean, we're we're spread all over the U.S., but I would say primarily between Florida and Texas.
0: Cool, cool. That's really awesome. Um, when you speak to founders or people that are starting a new staffing firm. Any specific advice that you would give them? Maybe on the leadership, maybe on tools, maybe on anything that you have learned that somebody that is starting today can can learn from you.
1: Oh, I love that question. That's a really good question. The biggest things I like to talk about. The first things I guess I would ask some questions first. Yeah. I would basically um, ask anybody as willing to staffing uh, a staffing agency just to understand that it's a startup that never ends. Right. What I mean by mm-hmm. that, right it's, it's, you're basically in permanent startup mode all the time. This business is very cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. And every, you know, remember we're in the contingent staffing business. So everybody that you place today eventually has an assignment end date. So you Mm -hmm. constantly, constantly have to make sure that there's no room for complacency. This business Mm -hmm. is not necessarily, it's very difficult to, you can never keep it on autopilot. You constantly keep on hunting and evolving and making adjustments in the industry because this industry is changing in my opinion faster than ever. I think the adoption rate is faster than it was five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think has a lot to do with uh, the pandemic has changed things permanently. I think it kind of fast forward three to five years and advancements inside of 18 months. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: From a business development perspective, I would say follow your relationships. This business is all about relationships, you know, follow your relationships, let them know that you're available. And then from obviously, I have to mention this just because I, I am truly passionate about this model is if you're starting a staffing business, the easiest way to start a staffing business is definitely have a ER model in place. Mm-hmm. It gives you the infrastructure that you need in order, the, the same infrastructure that any national staffing organization will have and that you, typically staffing owners are used to. So this is what you want to start out the gate with. So the last thing you want to worry about These operations, employment liability, making sure people are paid on time. All you want to focus on is be able to dominate, be able to build relationships, find the talent your clients are looking for, and make Mm -hmm. sure you're making successful placements.
0: That's really great advice, and I'm I'm also a, a true believer in the OR ER model. So you know, without the, the the need for promoting my base, pay here. I would you know <laughs> say the, say the same to anybody else. It's a, definitely a great model, and you should definitely consider it when you're starting out. So I uh, totally agree, well,
1: Jan, If you ever decide to diversify and, and start a staffing company, I think I know where you need to turn to.
0: I know where to find you, yeah. The <laughs> the for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Caesar, before we wrap up this episode, I usually ask the question, what, what's your go-to source for industry news? Are there specific news outlets that you, know, you subscribe to or read every day or every week that keep you, you know, on, the, on the forefront on, on the industry or anything also outside of the industry that you would recommend?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Over the last, I would say, three years, I've really spent a lot of time. I, I love podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to source. I mean, it's, the gym is usually my sanctuary. In the gym, you know, in the morning, uh, I've been pretty disciplined for many years. Of you know, five a.m., I'm in the gym. Five thirty a.m., and I listen. to That's where I get my podcast time. I love mm-hmm. listening to, especially industry-related podcasts. I love learning from other you know different industries within that support the contingent staffing. Where recruitment technology is going, there's just so many resources available. Like. One of them I like, uh, I subscribe to is Ardent Partners. They have an mm-hmm. excellent contingent weekly uh, podcast that they always have a lot of different leaders. Chris Dwyer out there, he's always has a great perspective on the industry and where it's going from a buyer's mm-hmm. perspective. And, you know, those are the, those are my, you know, obviously I'm sure you're aware we actually have our, we have our own podcast, which is Ivy mm-hmm. Podcast, yeah. which we interview a lot of IT executives. So that's just another great source for us to, be able to get a lot of industry news and practical. What I like is, you know, books are great, but I like a lot of practical advice mm. that people are doing and using every single day.
0: Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Where can listeners find you online to learn more about my base pay, Pro Source, or
1: yourself? I would say my go-to is LinkedIn is like our, probably the easiest way. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn profile and my base pay, you can follow my base pay. We're always putting, we're very committed to putting a lot of industry-related content out there uh, Mm -hmm. to help kind of educate from compliance to payroll, just about everything that we do. We love putting a lot of and how to leverage, you know, services and how to leverage an EOR and things to be concerned over or things to to look out for what's new. So it's we have a really big commitment and a a really big content strategy out there for our, our you know user community.
0: Thank you, Caesar, for being here today, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. I'm super excited to stay in touch, check in with you on another episode in the next six to 10 months to see what has changed, to see you succeed with my base pay and also continue your work with okay. ProSource. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you, Jan. Thank you for having me on.
0: Thanks. You've
1: been listening to the World Staffing Podcast
0: brought to you by candidly the digital storefront for your staffing business if you like this episode make sure to subscribe like and leave a review so you don't miss out on any future episodes
1: got a topic you want us to touch base on shoot us a message